welcome back to the Vibes and Stuff Podcast, where hip-hop fans discuss hip-hop topics. On this episode, co-host Jamil and myself will be discussing the legacy of the legendary indie hip-hop label, Raucous Records. We'll run through a brief history of their artists' releases and do an in-depth review and rating of their sound-bombing compilation series. We'll also preview some upcoming topics and share what we've been bumping for the week. With that, please kick back and enjoy the show. Yo, what's good, my brother? What's good? What's happening? Nothing much, man. Nothing family. Oh, can you hear me? All right, all right. Playing games again already. I see. <laughs> right, right. We we skipped the day, so they 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 gonna get, get us extra hard now. <laughs> but how how's the family, man? How's everybody oh, doing? Good. good, man. Good. Good, good. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Glad you can make it on another one of these little quickie in between episodes that that we uh, uh we've been getting into. Man, dude. First of all, man, shout out to you and your boy Josh for the podcast you all do. Views from back of the class. I'm gonna give you a minute to plug that podcast because I've I've really been enjoying it. Um, listening to it. Uh, um, you. I didn't hear the latest one that dropped earlier today, but I. I <laughs> I did check the two before that uh, that you all recently dropped. Your boy is your boy is hilarious. Hey, Josh man. is wild. Josh is wild. <laughs> I like y'all's chemistry, man. I like y'all's chemistry. Man, I appreciate it. I do. <laughs> but go ahead and, and, and plug that podcast and let the let the audience know uh, basically uh, uh, what they'd be tuning in okay. for. Um, it is complete like nerd culture based, and I was grooving. You go ahead. You were saying it's, it's nerd culture, yes. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I appreciate um, Josh and I's perspective on it, though, because you know that's a space that's that's pretty much dominated by the dominant culture, right? There's a lot of white folks that uh, are involved in the culture and are you know providing a lot of content, but we ain't that. You know what I mean? And we, you know, we're very much involved in it and, and got a lot of knowledge and just kind of immersed in it. Um, we're actually going to be doing some stuff live from c2e2 next week uh to put that out too so mm. that should be fun but yeah we're just trying okay. to trying to put okay. our little perspective out there in the world and man i appreciate you tuning in no doubt no I, absolutely man absolutely yeah dude is dude is very knowledgeable on on his stuff i i didn't know you were so knowledgeable on, on comic books and stuff like that i i know we talk about uh, uh hip-hop a lot but your knowledge of comic books is also pretty impressive and josh he's a he's just a <laughs> he just seems like a cool dude to talk to he's definitely an ally oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um this was see for me growing up man like my, my exposure to superheroes was was you know, through the Fox cartoons and stuff like that, Saturday morning cartoons. Like my my growing up, we were very much working class uh, folk. Yeah. And like asking my parents for five bucks to buy a comic book every week was just not happening. Like, like they going somewhere with that. You know no, what I mean? That's real. <laughs> so like, that is that is one hundred percent real. So my 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 first real exposure to all to that all of that all those plot lines and kind of. All those comic book universes was was pretty much the, the Fox kid shows, you know what I mean? So and the animated show. So I definitely, if I was getting a comic book, it was a it was a rarity. And it, when I when I was fortunate enough to get one, I kept it simple. I stuck with Batman, Superman, and Spider. Yeah. yeah. So and there's, I mean, um, and those shows were dope though. Like yeah, you know, they yeah, were yeah. four kids and, and and very kid friendly. Um, with the Batman in particular, it was. You know some some pretty adult theme stuff. Um, really, a lot of cartoons at that time were like like the whole Warner Brothers slate. I think was ahead of its time as far as making somewhat grown up content, or at least you know a lot of some of the jokes or references. Although this is an animated show, um, were things that would catch the ear and the eye of adults. I think because um, I find myself going back to to watch stuff now, and it's even funnier to me. Because I'm catching jokes now that I wouldn't have caught 
as a kid. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, yeah, Warner Brothers was a little. Uh, they were a little mature. They were a little mature. Like even with Batman animated series, like I, I go back now and I look at it, and it's just like, man, this was some deep dark stuff. Yeah, that they, they yeah. for it to like, be about for children, absolutely. You know, and it's like I didn't catch it as a child. I watch some of them episodes now, like like the one with with Dolly Dearest with the with the chick who basically had the Gary Coleman disease, yeah, man. and and went turned evil, and then the other one with the um, with the Mad Hatter, you know, and he was trying to press the girl and wasn't nothing working and you know and the clay face, clay the clay face, face was uh, you know like the messages there about you know self image and you know just it was some deep stuff yeah man. it was some deep stuff so there's one there's yeah. one scene in particular I'm, I'm not gonna spoil it now because josh and i are actually going to talk about this in a couple of episodes but there is um like some some real live stuff specifically with Batman there is a scene in one of the animated films that is so heart wrenching it's, it's ridiculous it's basically one of the characters has done something and feels so guilty about it um, you watch it this person break down and cry about it even though they knew they had no control over their actions it's, it's wild to watch hmm Okay. Okay. Man, yep. It, it's some deep stuff, man. It's some deep stuff. So, but yeah, man. Shout out, shout out to y'all, man. Shout out to y'all. So, that. anybody out there listening? I, I know I got a, a, a couple of listeners out there that are also into comic book culture, nerd culture, and would like to hear those discussions. So, man, y'all check out uh, uh, views from the back of the class, uh, featuring Jamil. I mean, I'm sorry, featuring Josh and JB. Uh, that those are their stage names on there. So uh, check them out. I, I believe y'all available on all the usual platforms. All right, all right. Yep, check them out, man. All right. So for today, man, we will be doing a Ruckus Records appreciation discussion. We're just going to talk briefly about the label, uh, and we're going to also discuss and rank the sound bombing compilations. Now. As far as that goes, Ruckus Records was a uh, what you call an indie label, uh, indie hip hop label that actually started in '95 or '96. Um, but they their their prime years were like basically '97 uh, through 2001, and they were they were a powerhouse label. They they grew to be a powerhouse label very quickly, and their their main. The, the, the main mission of this label was to showcase uh, up and coming, uh, cutting edge, independent, underground hip hop. Very East Coast heavy, but they they did show some love to some West Coast artists. But primarily, it was it was a it was pretty much an East Coast label. Um, and the sound bombing compilations they did three of them uh, was their primary way of showcasing a lot of that talent. That was, you know, signed to the label, but also uh, other, uh, you could say, like-minded artists and uh, with similar sounds who might not have been signed to Ruckus, but their whole sound and everything fit the aesthetic of the label. And, you know, would feature artists like that as well on these compilations. Um, We did. We also did a Lyricist Lounge uh, compilation breakdown for volumes one and two on the Vibes and Stuff podcast. Be sure to check out that episode. We discuss those two compilations and compare them. But today we're going to be diving into the the sound bombing compilations, and we're going to give them a ranking from one through ten. Uh, one being absolute garbage truck juice, and ten being a hip hop classic. So, um, but first, uh, as regards to the label of Ruckus Records, um, it's now defunct. They went defunct in like I want to say two thousand eight. I want to somewhere say. around now two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Yeah. So, Jamil, can you speak a little bit on your first exposure to Ruckus Records or the first like Ruckus Records release that you you personally purchased? What's what's crazy is um, I was exposed to Ruckus before I realized it. So my first exposure to what Ruckus was doing was probably the Black Star album. Um, But I didn't recognize the label at the time. It was just, you know, this was a dope um, a dope album, and then I think when I first 
when I started to be able to recognize them as a label was when they started dropping like all this heat the following year and everybody had <laughs> everybody had the logo right I was like what's up with Rockets so I, you know um, internet wasn't what it is now but it was certainly available and you know, I was in high school at the time and we were just getting I remember this pretty vividly too we were just getting high speed internet at school and so you know was doing a little little research on some ass jeep stuff <laughs> to figure out what the label oh, was boy. yeah taking it back man <laughs> so y'all, y'all actually dug around to see what, what label this was yeah yeah because I, I was like what is this about what is this little razor blade like that you know what why are all of these dope artists coming under this umbrella um and i was kind of blown away when i started to piece together the connection um my first purchase from ruckus was probably um and it might have been it might have been lyricist lounge too because all the other ones that i had I ain't buy them, <laughs> so I have I had black on both sides. I didn't <laughs> buy that. I had internal affairs. I didn't buy that. I had home field advantage. Um, I didn't buy that. I had sound bombing. I didn't buy that. <laughs> oh, Looking wow. back, man, I, I kind of did them a disservice. <laughs> 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 but I was, <laughs> but back then I was definitely cool, man. I was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I see. Well, that was me as a consumer, but I was also the bootleg man. I was, I was the provider. Oh, you, you weren't, you weren't just a, you weren't just a, uh, a, a client. You were, a, oh, yeah. Um, you're the, oh yeah, you were the, you were the manager of the bootleg. No man. doubt. I was making, I was making oh, some man, money in school, man. <laughs> Selling bootlegs to the yes, community. I was. But Black <laughs> I sell bootleg CDs in the community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So my money, oh, like, a lot hilarious. of my money, um, went to to albums that I didn't necessarily want myself, but I knew that people at school would buy. So it was more of an investment <laughs> for me and stuff that I wanted. Um, I would just cop off my older cousin and burn it. It double up on the on the yep. re-up, huh? <laughs> oh man, share and share alike, man. Just like the yes, co-op. Indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Your cousin was Prop Joe. Huh? <laughs> I didn't even think of it in that way. She was uh, Prop Joe's nephew. Oh wow, that's hilarious. Oh man. Okay. Okay. So you said so your your first re- your first real purchase was was Lyris's Lounge yeah. too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um my first my first exposure, I'm like much like you, I didn't even really know how deep what I was listening to was was you know, how, how deep that rabbit hole went. My first exposure to Ruckus Records was actually um Lyris's Lounge okay. one. Um my, my homeboy Jay actually had it on vinyl. Wow. <clears throat> and I I used to go over his house to kick it or whatever and he had it on vinyl. He used to play it was I wanna say it was like either four or six uh discs. Uh you know I mean still there? You out for a second. Okay, yeah. Um yeah I, I was saying I it was like he it was either it came in either like four or six discs. Because wax LPs, because you know the length of the actual album right. is so long, and I I want to say he had say, some instrumentals Ooh. from the compilation too that were on the you know the B sides or whatever. I can't I can't remember though. I can't remember exactly. But but anyway, didn't even you know I dug it, was totally feeling it. Dug dug all the artists, but I didn't really know okay what label released this. Then. Um, and what happened so lyricist lounge one came out and then um i was I, it, it was like spring i, I want to say 99 i was still a freshman and i was chilling out after school or whatever had my little you know the walkman going on and, and one of my one of my guys that i used to you know break that tag with his name was cleveland he was like oh man what you bumping and i forgot what i was bumping at the time i think it was either like bone or dilated people was one of the two and he was like nah he was like man you need to check this out and he hands me a copy of sound bombing too i was like oh yeah 
I was like, okay, for sure. It was still, it's still, still cassette, okay. And you know, back then, if you had different lunch periods with your, you know, then your friends, you know, we used to trade, you know, tapes and CDs back and forth. Yo, check this out on your lunch break, or whatever, you know, and then you know, give it back to me when you next see me, you know, in a couple periods. And we would, tra- you know, trade stuff back and forth that way to check out what was good. So I threw it in, checked it out, and like was blown away, dude. I got five or six. Like, dude, I, I got to get to the store and cop the flight. Like right. some kind of way, right? That was the start of it, and like, so, so I'm I'm opening up the cover. I'm I'm looking at all the um, you know, the artwork. And you know how they used to do yep. little promos and on the inside, and they would be up, uh, you know, sh- uh, sh- uh, shilling t-shirts and slip mats and, and and backpacks and all that. I'm like, I'm looking at all the all the merchandise, and then I'm also looking at the other releases that they had, they have they've been putting out. And I'm like, okay, so this is all whole little like label slash movement here okay so that basically started it man that basically started because i i had heard the black star album um but i think okay. i had copped the bootleg of it the, the previous year so i wasn't looking at the label or anything like that but i definitely have the black star album and uh and then after that it was just okay I, i'm 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 right. pretty much buying everything they're dropping you know and because shortly after that was because I was like in the freshman year, but then sophomore year, Black on Both Sides came out. But most Def, Feral Marches Internal Affairs came out. Um, eventually, uh, Lyricist Lounge 2 came out. Hip Hop for Respect came out, which was a totally yes, slept on rele- release of theirs. Train of Thought um, yep. by uh, Talib Kweli and High Tech. Um, Big L's The Big Picture. Um, all together, I think Ruckus released about 30 albums between 96 and 2007. But the, but the ones that really, I'm trying to count them up now, the, the, the must haves so is about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. I'd say they're about 15, 16 must haves. Uh, from that the label actually dropped uh, out of the the thirty releases, man, just just quality. They did they just did quality hip hop, man, for the for the longest, man. It's like they were the they were the official alternative right. to the the crap we right. were hearing on the radio. You know, like it was like. Well, I'm gonna get into it later. I'm gonna get into it later when we go into the sound bombers. But it was just like if if anything yeah, had that rocket logo it. on it, man, I was that was a. a yeah, it had a stamp of approval. I, I, fine. Ruckus, yes. Ruckus put it out. Up, I'm, up, I'm up until a point. Then <laughs> they started to lose a little bit of credibility. Yes, yes. Now, that turning okay. point, we're actually going to discuss that turning point. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So let's, let's dive into the album. You know, I, I know we named a few by some by a few you know solo artists, but we're we're, we're going to dive a little deeper into the sound bombing series because that that you get a true slice of where the you get a true what I should say um, you know time capsule of where the label was at a particular time with the sound bombing releases. Um, you know that being volumes one, two, and three. So <clears throat> let's dive into it, man. So. Sound bombing one. Um, it dropped in '97. I actually didn't cop it until after I heard sound bombing two because I was like, I was like, man, this is value that two. Was the same you didn't tell me there's another me. one of these that out was the same there. Same thing happened to me. I <laughs> did not hear sound bombing one first. So yeah, same here, same here. I had to backtrack. So um, we go into sound bombing uh, one, and uh, the featured artists uh, are, of course, Evil D. He was, I think, he was the host. R-Rated Rugged Man, Indelible MCs, uh, Shabam Sadiq, Most Def, El Fudge, Talib Kweli, Cool Keith, um, Mike Zoo, uh, Scam, Black Attack, and of course, excuse me, of course, Reflection Eternal. So they, they, yeah. they kind of had a small circle with that first one, with that first, uh, but but 17 tracks of just dopeness. So. <clears throat> I hand it over to you, man. What did you appreciate about Sound Bombing One? Was there anything you would change about it? Um, 
uh, when you look back on it, how would you rate it on a scale from one to ten? What and, I, um, you know, so. what I dug about it, especially having heard it the way that I did, having to backtrack on it, I can appreciate the growth that I could hear from MCs that, you know, from the time that they did stuff on Sound Bombing, which was dope anyway. Uh, but then you hear later stuff from people like Quali and even, um, you know, even what LP was doing with Company Flow, like the progression and, and to where he is even now, it's pretty dope to go back and be able to listen to that. Um, my absolute favorite song on that on that album was uh, Forty Five Live. And mm, the okay, me, okay. It feels like the you know that track on um, on Black Star. Uh, uh, twice in a lifetime. So this feels to me yes, like the, yes. the spiritual successor to Twice in a Lifetime, because there was even some some lines that transfer from one to the next. Um, and I think that yeah. is what I always go back to when I listen to this album. It just kind of ties into that whole sense of community. I mean, and it was and it was kind of counter to other movements that were happening at that time if you remember in, in 98, 99 man, Anchor be getting me alright, alright <laughs> Anchor uh, I don't know, but I, don't, I don't know where I left you, you were, you were, it, it, it brought around us and brought about a sense of community which yeah, was yeah. different for the time because you said something about 98, 99 and then that's when it cut okay. off no, I, it was important for that sense of community to happen in, in uh, uh, with the indie label because the sound of hip hop was changing, um, you had a, a bigger presence in the South as far as commercial uh, sound of hip hop or the commercial hip hop. Like ninety eight, ninety nine is the rise of Cash Money, and at the same time that you have that happening, and you know Cash Money taking over for the ninety nine and two thousand, um, <laughs> and, and it certainly has its place. But for the for the heads that are here for, you know, dope bars, you know, boom bap sound, you know, real lyricism, what we what we love about hip hop, Ruckus is building this, you know, this empire pretty quietly. And it was one of those things like if you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you almost feel like you're part of a, a exclusive community. And it was it was a dope feeling to be able to put people on. Like somebody put me on. I, absolutely, absolutely. Those who were worthy, no doubt. You know what I mean? What you buzz? Oh, where you got that? You got that new BG? All right, well, I ain't got nothing for you. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> uh, you might, you might dig this E40. Right. I don't know, but I, I don't know. I don't know. You ready for I'll this? Sell you but this little camera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, no, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely a, a, a tonal shift in hip hop, and it's like you either went with the you went you you either went with the mainstream or you went against the grain, right. and that's what rockers represented. Um, and they were they were not the only they weren't the only you know underground label or artists that were doing it. But that I think that was kind of the. Uh, the camp that was that was but they were the one they were done that ha- they had the most quality they had the yeah. most talent yeah as far as a full roster absolutely yeah out now going back to sound bombing one i don't know if you have the, the track listing in front of you by any chance no i was saying do you have the tr- you wouldn't have to I have do. the track listing in front of you by any chance okay all right so out of that those uh all five uh oh, sorry 17 tracks what five songs were your favorite songs? So, Forty Five Live was one. Um, I'm not necessarily going in order outside of that one. Um, probably, if you could, huh? And Universal Magnetic. Um, I think I'm going with that Loon TNS. Um, mm-hmm. And what if? Okay, okay. I know, I know, I know that. Uh, All right, company flowing is a <laughs> is a controversial pick to put in the top five with all the fire. But I, 
I kind of dug the off the wall sound. And I, and I always have, and I still kind of do to this day. Now, I have a confession, man. Out of, out of all the, the artists associated with Rep Flow <clears throat> and the Indelible MCs were the one act I could not rock with that. I ain't mad at that. I didn't appreciate them until actually, until actually after I got out of high school. And even then it was gradual because it just sounded like noise to me. It was just a cacophony of noise. And I, I would have to force myself to listen to them. I'm like, man, what, what, what am I missing that everybody else is seeing right. in this, you know, seeing in this group that they think they're so dope? And I would force myself to listen to them. I'm like, okay, I, I did what they're saying, like socially, like and lyrically, the but the, but the soundscapes yeah. they're using are just. I'm like, man, it's ruining it for me. And then, like, it wasn't until I got older, man. It just, it all of a sudden, it just clicked. Like, okay, the chaotic soundscapes are matching you know what they're talking about and is a reflection of that in the same way that right. the lyrics are and that's how it's to be appreciated and i think it was um i think it was actually the cannibal ox album that i copped that that lp produced and i love that album so i was like okay let me go back and, and check out some of this other lp work and, and see what it's talking about and of course then fantastic damage drop you're gone again you know that whole death jux you yeah, man, I'm gonna have a lot of. Yeah, man, <laughs> that's oh, wild. Right. But, uh, it was funny because I could hear you fine. Oh wow. Yeah, I could hear you fine. But anyway, so so yeah, so I went back and then the whole Def Jux movement really blossomed, and I, I got more into their stuff. But yeah, back then, man, I'm like, man, I I, I just can't rock with them. But but anyway, um, my my favorite five tracks from Sound Bombing One is definitely. Um, I'm gonna go with Arabian Nights. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That Shabam was a fire track. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, till my heart stops, featuring R.A. the Rugged Man. Um, that track just goes hard, man. Um, then I'm gonna go with Universal Magnetic. Uh, what if? That's a solid. That's a solid list. Um. But yeah, yeah, those those are definitely like the standout tracks for me. So, um, all right. So, on a scale from one to ten, how would you rate Sound Bombing One? I'm gonna go with a strong eight. I'm gonna go with strong eight. It's, mm, it's okay. there's okay. really no weak points um, in the album. They're you know a matter of personal taste with some MCs. Like you were just talking about with the company Flow MCs. Um, I know some people don't really rock with RA like that. But, like, their ability, you can't deny whether you personally don't really rock with what they do. Um, every MC that, that was on this album really brought it. I think the only thing for me that made me not mm-hmm. necessarily yep. give it anything higher is at some points it does kind of sound dated to me so i not that it didn't age well but it's very much a time capsule so it fits for that time but it's not something that is as timeless as other albums have been okay okay all right um i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna give it a solid nine um it doesn't get a, a 10 for me because for a, a 10 for exactly. me is an undisputed classic but a nine but a nine a nine to me is a must-have for any any true hip-hop head um the encyclopedia of popular music uh, or i'm sorry colin larkin who writes for the encyclopedia of popular music he called it a scene defining underground hip-hop album so um i think that's that's a very apt description of it um, so moving right along, man, we got Sound Bombing Two. Way more artists, way more tracks um, on Sound Bombing Two. Uh, the featured artist was Eminem, right back when right. no one knew who he was. Um, <laughs> um, uh, Most Death, The High and Mighty, Mad Skills, Feral Munch, R.A. the Rugged Man, um, J Live, Prince Paul, Medina Green, Sadat X. Grand Pooba, Reflection Eternal, Bahamadia, Taz, Dilated Peoples, Thurston How the Third, Feral Munch, Company Flow, Comet, Diamond D, and the Coco Brothers and Shabam Sadiq. So, 
man, dude, great, great album. Um, this 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 sound bombing too is. Um, so I hand the floor over to you, man. What what did you appreciate about Soundbonding Two? Was is there anything about it you would change? Um, what were, and what of course, what were your favorite? We'll go with yeah. We'll, we'll keep it at five. Okay, favorite five tracks. Uh, my favorite five tracks. Um, one nine nine nine. Can't be without that one. Uh, the mayor. Um, okay. Any man couldn't couldn't be without that one. Uh, what is that? Three or four? Okay, shoot. That's four, four already. Wait, no, wait. You said you got any man. You got you said you got one nine nine nine. One nine nine. Okay. I'm sorry. That's three. That is uh, three. Probably chaos. Okay, man. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, man, that fifth one's tough. Cause I want to go with like I don't know. Um, I go Crosstown Beef with for number five. Oh wow, wow, dude! My list, my favorite five. Mm-hmm. I'm going with any man. I'm going with Mayor. Going with wow. chaos. <laughs> um, <laughs> dude, I want to go. I'm thinking of doing seven XL. Seven XL was so dope, man. But I'm like, uh, do I like it more than right. Crosstown Beef? I That's don't why know. I was struggling with it. Screw it, man. Okay, Crosstown Beef. That's number four. Man, this is hard. Yeah. I said mayor already, right? All right, okay. on mission. Okay. On mission. I want to go on mission. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Shoot, universe, universe is dope. Dope. Um, I know you don't like company flow, but patriotism was dope. No, you know what? That now, now that song, now that patriotism on there, yeah, that song, yeah. I was messing with hard. The, the way, the way they they did the scratches in the beginning, and then they 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 finally bring it into the actual song and the beat. Oh, do and the do and the scratch, the DJ work on this on Sound Bombing Two was was definitely it was definitely superior to one, uh, and it, it, it gave it a yeah, real like yeah. mixtape feel. And and it was just excellent DJ work. It, it really showed the the craftsmanship of just being able to cut up a record like that. And um, man, and, and a great example of it yeah. is the intro to Patriotism. I think what was what was so dope about that too so, is like you got dope MCs on the album, but just like you said, with it being having feeling like a mixtape mixtape with the DJ work, you getting to have a respect for other elements of the culture as well. I mean, even down to the absolute. You know, it was, it was, it was. Yeah, yeah. You could tell there was a a graph artist that did that, and it's nothing but just people's faces. But still, the fact that it was drawn in photographs. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. And on the inside of the booklet, man, it was some dope artwork. Just some, just straight, just raw, unadulterated graffiti, man. Like, you know, it was. It was dope, man. It was definitely dope. Um, man, so so speak on speak on sound bombing too on what you appreciate it. Well, you kinda already are. Um, but is there anything about this album you um I might move some of the tracks around, but that's a small small thing because like toward the end of the album, um it not that it slows down, but I don't know. I feel like um, on mission is a, is too dope a song to close the album with. Um, I would have moved that up. And as much as I appreciate the intros, um, there's a lot of talking on it, like shout outs. And I know that was all part of 
the mixtape feel, I probably would have scaled back some of that too. Hmm, okay. Okay. I, I dug it, man. I, I I thought it really added personality. I mean, I get what it was album. intended to do. Um and it is it is dope in its own way, but I I guess I didn't necessarily need it. It was like dessert after a dope meal, but I'm full, so I love I love cheesecake, but man, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm stuffed. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, like you right. don't want one of these Andes mints. <laughs> no, dog, I'm good. I got no room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, like I, I thought it added personality, but I, I understand your point of view too. Like, you, you, you want your DJs yeah. going to work, not talking. Yeah, yeah, I, I got you. I got you. Um, you know, I, I felt it really didn't detract from the album. I, in fact, I think it gave it a very like fun. Feel. I mean, I guess it feels kind of um, like a party. In that you know, way, because that's what you would get if, if this was a live show or a cipher. Yeah, yeah, party or a cipher. Because, because you know, you, you when they let their personalities out a bit on 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 these interludes, it's like, man, they sound like the cats true. I was hanging with. You know what I mean? At, at that particular time, so that was another thing I, I appreciate about it. But um, man, dude, if you got nothing else, man, like we can go ahead and give it a rating, man. We rate it from one to ten. I have a hard time giving out tens in general, so I'm 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 gonna go with a nine. <laughs> um, I got no complaints about the album, like the stuff that I just talked about changing. I'm just nitpicking. You know what I mean? That that is not. Those are not things that like made the album uh, unlistenable or like stuff I would skip through or whatever. It's just you know me nitpicking at it. Um, I just have a hard time giving out a 10 because to me that says that it is absolutely perfect and I think that I'm reluctant to do that because I always feel like there's something I'm forgetting and if I, if I give it a 10 and then I go back and listen to it like oh there was this one piece of the album that I forgot about that you know would detract from that so I'm going to go with a 9 I feel I feel very confident in in that and I don't, I don't think that's a slight to the album at all Okay, and, and I think okay. I go about it a little differently than what you uh, did. You saying out of ten, it's an absolute classic. I think you can be a classic and not still not be a perfect album. So I, I, this is one of the rare compilations that I would say is definitely a classic. All right, all right. So I'm gonna go ahead, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm not giving mad this at album you. a perfect ten. I'm not mad at you. Um. I'm going to read directly from a review online uh, by Victor Rula. Um, He basically says, he says, uh, this album was perfectly put together and represented what hip hop was truly meant to be about. Dope DJing, blending beats and rhymes. If you love hip hop, then you need to definitely add this to your collection. Uh, 10 out of 10. He says the whole sound bombing to album flow fluently like water without forcing you to attempt a skip button. Um, and then he goes on about some of his favorite tracks like 199 um, I, I completely agree I completely agree this, this was one of those albums man like after I got done listening to it I was honestly like I was almost like it was over. mad because I felt that well, well no no with that too <clears throat> but I was mad at radio because I'm like, man, if this is out here, what right, are y'all hiding right, from? Right. Like, I'm like, I'm turning on the radio and I'm hearing, you know, Lil Wayne and BJ before Lil right. Wayne actually got some lyrics and and, 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 and Juvenile and BG and Master P and you know whoever else was on the radio at the time. And then I'm I'm I'm, I'm putting this on on the headphones. I'm just like, man, like, where's right. the disconnect? You know, I'm like, I'm like. What else is out there that I don't know about? You know what I mean? And it, it became a personal mission of mine to like just cop every dope type of underground hip hop I could find. And I, I became one of those stereotypical heads that was like just just uh, blanketly opposed to anything commercial, anything that got radio play. You know, which, which you know, at, at the end of the day, caused me to miss out on a lot of this stuff. But 
I had that that aesthetic sure. for a good like four or five years. And to be so, fair, and it was I had the time to do it because radio was not giving us good music, or wasn't giving us the best that it could give us. Like it was, like I said, there was a transition that was happening around that time, and we were going from you know just a variety of sounds where. You know, you'll have a grimy MC that still made the radio and then somebody with a party track and then a storyteller and, you know, you get all of that and now I'm sorry man, you you you, you cut off. You you sound like you were making a good point. You said Oh, you I get was party tracks that, that before already. you know, you would get everything on the radio. Um not necessarily, you know, the the dopest lyricists or whatever, but you had a variety of sounds you get toward the turn of the century like everybody was making party music like that was pretty much all you were getting and it's all sugar no substance you know what i mean and and so i get why yeah i get why people were like that like if it's on the radio i don't want to hear it because i've seen what they're gonna offer me so if i want to hear something dope i gotta go somewhere else for it Exactly, exactly. And you know, I think radio, I, I think part of that was the, 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 the blowback or snapback from the whole picky Biggie and Pac beefs and deaths and it was like, okay, let's just let's just be about partying and flossing and being a player, y'all, because you know, we tried to be hard and be that gang right. like look where that got us. You know, as far as the culture went. So I, I think that you know that aftermath of those two bitter beasts kind of had a lot to do with, with where radio went on That's purpose. That's a good point. Um, I never even really considered but, that um, before. Yeah, yeah, I've read articles that kind of talk about that a bit, and it, it, you know, it's an interesting theory. Like, I'm sure course, we have no evidence of this, but that's that's kind of been the synopsis in some circles, but um. <clears throat> Um, yeah, man, I have no problem giving this album a perfect ten. Um, it's a must-have for any true hip hop head. It's, it's high-quality hip hop, um, no filler. It's something on there for everybody, no matter what style you're into. Um, That's what I, I, I think is so dope about this. All too, right, that there is something for everybody, and you know, how do you get an album on there with Eminem and Tash, like two MCs that could not be more mm-hmm. different? Ne- and it'll, no. it'll never happen no. ever again. No, not you at know? all. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll never happen ever again. Um, so this brings us to sound bombing three. Do we have to talk about this now? I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun, bad stuff, though, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that was um, about to happen. Like I did, <laughs> I did a little research. Now, Sound Bombing Three apparently came out around the time. Okay, okay, it came out in 2002. Now I'm reading this off Wikipedia. It says in 2002, Rocket signed a joint venture deal with MCA. Soon after, MCA folded, and Interscope Geffen bought Rockets. After the state, after the sale of its catalog in 2004, Rockets. Flip from Geth. Now, okay, so all this stuff happened in 2002, so that could have something to do with the direction that um, Soundbombing 3 went into, because it was definitely it was just definitely whack, it, it, or, or whacker. Now, there, there was some redeeming there moments on Soundbombing 3, but it wasn't enough, it wasn't enough to save the album. I... You know what I'm saying? Ruckus had me hooked by this point, so I'm just thinking, okay, another sound bombing three. Let's do it. And it had been a while. I think it, at that point, it had been a while since since Ruckus had dropped like a certified classic. I think the last great good album they dropped was like yep. maybe High Technology, the first one, um, or maybe even the yeah the first High Technology. Or I might have even been the Beat Miners album. So I remember I do I remember buying Soundbombing 3. I remember looking at the cover. Mm. And you know, I hate to be one of those judge book by its cover things, but I'm just looking at it like, man, what, what type of copy and paste stuff is this? Like they didn't even they didn't even try. Like, and you know, I'll I'll forgive the American flag because like this was right. in the aftermath of 9-11 and you know those those feelings were running real high around this time so i'll forgive that 
But I'm looking at the cover. I'm just like, man, y'all couldn't get a graffiti artist to right. It's just a bunch of white this up. There. Like it's white space and random images and like I said, just a bunch of a bunch of copy and paste images. But whatever, man. So I put it on. Um, I think the, the first track, yeah, yeah, first track was "Delight" by Southie and Pharrell Munch, but which was a, a decent track. But like, yo, why isn't Pharrell right. rhyming? Why is he just right. singing? It was such a waste of a feature. Freak Daddy by Moses was a god awful track. Whack. Crew Deep. I Crew Deep with Skills with and Missy. Candy yeah, and I remember that. Candy and Missy, and Missy. Elliot. I, I don't even remember that. I one. do, because there's a remix um, to it that's that's better than that. It was um with like a bunch of Virginia rappers on it. It was uh Skills, Missy, Clips, and I I wanna say Pharrell got on in the rhyme too. It wasn't that bad. It, it certainly wasn't okay, worthy of a, a, a raucous release, though. Right, that, and that's the thing. It's like you, you all's whole selling point was that you were showcasing independent underground artists. You right. know, right? Not radio. You know, I got I got no problem with Missy, but like she doesn't. At all. She didn't At fit all. the ruckus aesthetic. You know what I mean? Like, um, then you had a song for my life. Fuji rap, Capone Noriega. I believe that was whack. Round around, read. Yelling away was dope. Yelling away. I dug yelling away. That was okay. Um. Then another skit. Well, eyes beneath. I dug. I, I did dig that. Uh, Trouble is was was not good. Uh, for the beat, not by the beat, not standards. Put it in the air with DJ Quick. That was one of them forced collab. Forced Khalid Khalid collaboration. Continues doing to this day. Time. I think that was like the first time he did it. And <laughs> yeah. And that's what's crazy about that is Khalid is dope. DJ Quick yeah, is dope did. on their own. But it this just didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't. It, it, yeah. It, it just, yeah, it felt forced. Like. You know, he sounded out of his element. Like he almost didn't even know how to rhyme or beat. It right? Just, yeah, it was just bad. They don't flow with novel. I remember that track. That was terrible. Not good at all. Like you need to rename. You you need to rename the song. <laughs> I don't flow. <laughs> you don't flow. Right. <laughs> or just don't flow. That should be the name of the song. <laughs> Four right. Minutes of silence. <laughs> Gotta pull out my uh, 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 player hater on that one. Um, Rhymes and ammo featuring the roots was was it wasn't a good track. It, although not, it actually uh, grew on me, yeah. But I did not like this at all. I didn't like it here, and um, when it came back on phrenology, though, they did something to the production where it changed a little bit, and it sounded better to me there. And I think Black Thought had a. Uh, had another verse on it that that kind of saved the song but when this first came out this was trash and I, I it hurt my feelings to hear it yeah 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 it, it stayed trash to me it, it didn't grow on me at all um <laughs> um spit again brothers. spit again with, yeah. with coco brothers and dom Penn. that was actually a decent track that was actually a decent track on the block <clears throat> with Ari the rugged man it was oh, exactly. It was okay, like it felt it, it felt like a, a very like it felt like a very like color by numbers yeah. old school old to me. Um, it was just very um. This was a walk in the park for for Ari to write. Hey, he phoned it in. He, he didn't really. He did, yeah, he, yeah, exactly. He phoned it in. He didn't really challenge himself on this one, you know. And then the outro, whatever that was, but um. Shoot, shoot, man! This was this was the beginning of the end. This was the death yep. nail for Rockets right here, man. On a scale from one to ten, man, I I, I mean like great, great, great on a curve compared to the other sound bombings. I'd give it a three. Um, yeah. If it can, if it came out, if it came out today, I might give it a four or five. Without without any previous knowledge of the other albums, like if this was a a singular release and we didn't have the two previous sound bombings that this had to live up to then I gave it maybe a five um, as it stands man it gets to 
Like, it's just not enough here for me. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so this was a, this was a, uh, pretty much. Of your drinks, basically. And I think I actually bought this one. <laughs> I did. I know I bought it. I know I bought yeah. it. I was mad, but boy, like, I was mad. Like, I kept listening to it over and over and again, it, thinking it like don't. it was going to get dope. And it was like, and I think what, what makes it so bad <laughs> is that, it, like, you can have a, a great album that has up here or there, but these are so egregious. Um, and, and considering Bald, right? You got that, like, that Freak Daddy was such a trash song. Uh, the one we were just talking about with uh, Quali and Quick, you know, these were like most and Quali, along with Pharaoh, were really the pillars that were holding up the label. And for you to kind of have misses on all three in some capacity, this is this was this was not yeah. good. That was bad. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. I'm gonna read a um uh, directly from a review from Pitchfork Media on this album. And they, this guy says, um, he says the sentimentalists wanted in me wanted to believe that there was still enough NYC underground magic for Rockets to reclaim his throne. Or at least produce another head nine classic. So when they came knocking with the latest addition to their previously excellent sound bombing series, I plopped down my 15 bones and held my breath, hoping to be reassured that Rockets was still a viable, relevant hip hop label. Unfortunately, Sound Bombing 3 is about as reassuring as spotting your girlfriend in a porn getting gang banged by AIDS patients. Yeah. It says the worst part is that not only does Ruckus seemingly undercut its own credibility but also the credibility of the other formerly conscious MCs that helped propel it to prominence in the late 90s that's a little harsh so pretty much with, but it's, it's but it's in line with what you just said like with, about with with most quali and and feral all having misses all having yeah, bad saying like now. calling them formerly conscious and like it like it ruined their um their credibility as MCs. I disagree with that. I just think that this was a trash album. But I didn't think that said much about them as artists, aside from Quali, because you saw that this became a pattern of something that he continued to do. And it, it, even then, it doesn't take away from his skill as an MC. We just know that, you know, every album he's going to have what once was a shocking collab, now he gets a regular thing that he does. I guess he's trying to prove a point that. You know, I'm not just one type of MC, and I can do a track with Waka Flocka Flame. But the question is, why? <laughs> sure, you can do it. I don't mean it's a good idea. Right, right. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, there you have it, people. Uh, volumes one and two are definitely certified, verified classics. Um, stay away from the third one, though, man. Unless you just wanna. You know, your glut for punishment, or you want to document the, the fall. I mean, you got to finish the story, man. You got you got to finish the story. So <laughs> if, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, you know you gotta you gotta go ahead and bite the bullet and listen to this third one too. But you're gonna need a palate cleanser shortly after that. So what I would recommend is listen to volumes one and two <laughs> on one day. Let that all sink in. Give it a day or so. Go back and listen to three, but you need to have one of your favorite albums on deck. Because <laughs> you don't want that in your brain too much. Yeah, man. It's it's uh, it was it was it was jarringly like just, Yeah. Just bad man. It, it really was, but all right, man. That being said, you know, Rockets, they had their time, man. I'm, I'm just glad I was around to, to witness it, be a part of it as, as you know, as it happened, as those albums rolled out. Um, there's there's a lot of independent labels that kind of branched off from Rockets and wouldn't yeah. have had their Star Wars album. one I'm already so, in, like Def Jux. Um, we're, we're gonna, yeah, Def Jux is definitely one. So, um, I wanted to do another uh, quickie episode, okay. actually on Dev Jux. Um, if, if we don't get around to it this season, um, you know, maybe maybe in season five. But same format, we'll, we'll discuss. Well, maybe not the same format. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll discuss 
standout albums from that from that label, uh, standout artists from that roster that um, just really impressed us, and you know, albums that we would recommend to others. So that's that's one we'll, we'll definitely get around to. Yeah. Uh, Stone's yeah. Throw is another one. Um, that they're definitely worth. This stuff is worth checking out. Um, but that that's that's pretty much it, man. That's the show. Uh, but I gotta ask you, man, what's so, up uh, this week? Some episodes back, and I don't even remember what we were talking about. I just remember. I uh, actually no, I do remember. Greg was talking about that uh, KOD and what he was thinking of it, and so I went back and listened to it because I didn't like it at all when I first heard it. I was like, "This is, I'm just not here for it." So I went back and listened to it this week. It's actually not that bad. This is what I have to say about KOD, though, or or just J. Cole's music in general. Like, his fans make it so much worse. <laughs> For me, at least. Like, J. Cole's fans are the worst. <laughs> the worst. If you say anything that's not like, Cole is, is the best MC ever, then you a hater. You know what I mean? Or you just don't get it. Like, they're like okay first of all yeah they're, they're pretty they're pretty bad with it man very they're, much they're so um and i, I don't like i like cole I, I really do like cole like like out of like the new school bunch that's currently doing it like he's he's, he's probably yeah. like number two on my list like he's he's the second best one doing it like only only kendrick only right. behind kendrick, and to even you know? say that they're coming at your head so, so uh you just don't get his music and uh kendrick got all the features and cole went platinum with no features it? it's like stop no it. no 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 that has nothing to do that has nothing to do with it no he, he, he does not with kendrick. no he does not like trust me. <laughs> you know they're they're two different styles two different lanes so you know maybe it's a matter of preference of styles i don't know but like i like what cole does and i like what kendrick does i just yes. think kendrick and that's more layers. And that's okay that's the thing it's like that's okay like it does not have to be one extreme or the other you know there are varying degrees of it. and if i don't love cole the way you love cole don't mean that i'm hating on him and it doesn't mean that i don't understand his music that's what that's what that's what kind of irritates me like, right oh, I, 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 get it. I yeah that, that irritates me like, like, no, I get it. Like, that's what I'm saying. I've heard deep. You know what I mean? Like, I, I listen to Cannibal Ox, sir. I know deep. <laughs> Why are you talking? Um, but I, I did <laughs> and gave it another listen, and it's it's actually a, a serviceable album. It's not necessarily my personal favorite, and certainly wouldn't have made you know even my top twenty last year. Uh, but it's better than I gave it credit for, so I'll uh, I'll say that. I'll, I'll okay. That. Um, and then I went back and listened to that Donald Byrd title right now. Stepping into tomorrow. Oh, um, stepping into tomorrow. I went, I went back and listened to that. Um, that was that was actually really dope. And I like Bird anyway, but that was one I had not heard. At least not the album. I've heard some of the music from it. That was pretty dope. My son liked it too. We were, um, I played it for him. Yeah. Oh, that's what's up. That's what's up, man. Yeah, I love Donald Burr. He is, he is on my Mount Rushmore jazz musicians, man. Like, man, uh, the album A New Perspective, uh, uh, Fuego, um, Places and Spaces. Uh, He's just got so much material, man. Stepping into tomorrow, like he's just got a lot of material, and he he was one of those jazz artists that could really reinvent himself with every album. Like every That's what album, I was just about his, to say, like, it is is you know, like, none of them sound like. I mean, you could tell it's the same artist, but it's not. It's not redundant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played around with different with different flavors and styles. So, um, yeah, man. Yeah, he, he's dope, man. All right, man. So, um, I've been bumping, I've actually been bumping, uh, Charles Mingus, uh, his live album called Right Now, uh, in particularly the B-side track, Meditation. Um, it's like a 20 minute jazz, uh, song, um, but it's, it's dope. Got a lot of peaks and valleys in it if you okay. into that type of stuff. Um, and, and I've actually been bumping Kendrick okay. Lamar's Good Kid Man City this week. 
just something something made me feel like throwing it on and i've been 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 rocking to it um so that'll be it man that'll be the show man i thank you once again for coming on and and doing this um i'm gonna take a couple days out to to edit it i'll probably drop it after we do the next official episode of, of vibes and stuff and um because with that we're going to dive into um the year 2004 and we're going to share our favorite top 10 albums hip-hop albums from the year 2004 that are actually turning 15 years old and what else are we gonna go over some oh, other yeah, stuff oh, yeah. but you'll see when shout it out to the boondocks <laughs> but i was doing a reason oh yes boondocks appreciation as well we're going to get into that so yeah, I, I can't wait to, to 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 dive into that, chop it up. Um, two thousand four really was, was better than I remember, man. I, I I started looking at the releases from that year. I'm like, uh, this this yeah, man. This top ten list gonna be kind of hard. I don't have ten. I got more than that. So I'm gonna listen to what other people say and just start taking stuff off my list as it appears elsewhere. Hey man, hey hey, listen. <laughs> it's our show. We can do Fair what we enough. want. That's the, that's the whole point of having your own show. <laughs> right? No doubt. No doubt. Uh, I mean, we, we, we the I-Turners of this. <laughs> till we say it's done. The show ain't done. Till we say it's done. You understand? Yeah, I kill you. <laughs> right. Oh, man. I'll be here this for is, it. I'm definitely this is our show. It. That's the whole point, man. So, hey, man, heads up. I might I go 15. 15 I might list. go 15 albums. Cool. Hey, man, let's do it. Let's, let's we do, can do it. that. <laughs> All right, man. So that'll be that, man. I'm going to let you go ahead and get back to the family. And, um, man, we're we going to catch y'all on the next one. And we thank y'all for, for joining us for this discussion. And uh, with that, man, I'll be at y'all to do, man.
Thank you.